Hey guys, Connor here. Uh, we could not, um, could unfortunately not, I, I don't know. We couldn't get Robert Ballou on uh, this podcast, unfortunately. Uh, sad about it, um, but something came out with them. Uh, so we couldn't get him on this week. We do want to have him on in the future. Uh, and we're really looking forward to uh, doing the interview with that driver. He's definitely one of the most intriguing guys uh, in dirt racing right now uh, for a plethora of reasons. Um, and we'll get to that in the coming weeks. I think going forward, we're going to have Sunday be the recap night for Monday's episode. And then Thursday, Friday, we'll have the guest episode uh, come out. Um, it's Friday today. I don't want to keep it on every Thursday, uh, but, you know, even my podcasts I listen to, like I get ticked off when it's not Thursday or not Friday. Uh, so someday we'll hammer down a date and, and be uh, super uptight about it. But uh, for now, we're just going to have guests on midweek show and then recap on Sunday. So hope you all still enjoy. Shoot me any uh, constructive criticism you want to um, and give a shout out to uh, Damon. He's working his ass off. Uh, and I really appreciate uh, kind of the team we have and, and what we've built so far. So I uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, it's the latest, the Always Race Day podcast. You're about to hear me and Damon. And then uh, later you'll hear me and uh, a guest or two. I was a bouncing in and laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we just hang on. Well, I can't recall a time. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 61 of the Always Race Day podcast. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Damon Helgevald. As always, we are brought to you by the Carl Auto Group. If you need a car, clean one, a dirty one, I, well, hold on. They might not sell you a dirty one can't advertise that would be false advertising if you ask them to put dirt all over it like you just went to the racetrack i think they could call me and we could figure something out there uh but anyways the carl auto group please uh if you're shopping for a new car if you're wanting a used car if you want to go buy a car soon tell them the always race day podcast sent you uh and tell them thank you for uh partnering with us and everything we do because uh, we really appreciate it. They are the title partner of Always Race Day, and they help us get everywhere we go uh, between races near and far. So it's pretty good off the cuff right there, Damon. I just threw a bunch of new words. That's probably the best one that you've done. Well, I, th I think I've had some zingers in the past, but I'll, I'll accept it. Uh, that, was, that was much cleaner. It was a lot better than, than probably any of the other ones in the past. <laughs> All of them, yeah. Rare um, upset, rare upset. All right, we have a ton to get to to preview the weekend before we have our guest today, Robert Ballou, uh joining us. USAC non-wing sprint car driver and part of the ownership group at Terre Haute or the the board, maybe. I'm not. We'll we'll sift that out with him. What his title is there, uh, but he's one of the guys making Terre Haute, um, trying to kind of bring back. Uh, and improve the facilities, I, I should say, at Terre Haute. So look forward to talking with him. We haven't recorded it yet. Um, so this is actually the cold open of the show, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but let's hop right into it. We just got some breaking news. Uh, Routine Racing and Corey Eliasson uh, parted ways about 10 minutes ago. Uh, Damon, I want to get your thoughts on this, unless you want me to just rip it. I think we're pretty much um, in Yeah, I mean, he it, it was... It was writing on the wall, I guess, is the best way of putting it. Results necessarily weren't there. Um, Corey Eliasson's a talented driver, and that's a very talented team. But for some reason, they just didn't mix this year. And I don't know necessarily what it was because they've had a lot of success in the past. And, you know, we've seen them competing and, and winning races at the, the highest level. Um, just for some odd reason, they couldn't couldn't figure it out this year. Yeah, and uh, I think the biggest part of that is they were behind on 
uh, kind of pace of wins, top fives, top tens, and you're kind of at the midseason point. So if you're going to make that change, and it's always difficult to do so, you pretty much, I mean, you got to make it now. And they're, they're going on a Pennsylvania swing here uh, coming up next week. So I think that kind of plays into stuff as well. If you want a guy that's kind of on the edge or, or available, uh, you'll probably have one sitting around up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're obviously there's a lot of talented people out there, but yeah, um, if there's a time to make a change, you might as well do it now. I'm interested if wherever Corey lands, and he is a talented enough driver, I don't believe that he won't land in the seat anywhere. But wherever he lands, uh, if my every time I picked him in dirt draft, he would wreck. And so I just, I couldn't keep picking him. Not out of the kindness of my heart, I had to stop picking Corey Elias. And it was like betting on NC State on primetime football television. You can't because they just disappoint you every time. But he wasn't like disappointing me. I just felt bad because I felt like my picks were making him wreck. So there's a good chance that we'll, we'll you see would, if that carries over to the new. Yeah, we'll see if it carries over to the new guy or uh, if it stays with Corey. What if it's both? Yeah, there, there was a, definitely a good chance that you were the cause. <laughs> I don't do anything. I just I just say what I say, and then people end up spinning out and yelling at me on Twitter. Speaking of, uh, that kind of dominated my <laughs> Twitter, Twitter feed today. Um, I didn't do myself any, any favors on this because uh, it's just one guy that keeps – ripping and ripping and ripping. let me uh, so the espies come out with their driver of the year award every mm-hmm. every july or whatever it is and they they put out the nominees and the nominees are almost more interesting to look at because you know they have no clue who the best driver out there is in any given season let alone this one um so i said shouldn't even be close between Kyle Larson, Alex Pillow from IndyCar, Steve Torrance from the NHRA, and Max Verstappen from Formula One. Notice how I had to say where the other three were from because Kyle Larson's a bigger name than all three of them. <laughs> or is it because Kyle Larson drives in everything so you can't label him as one thing? Another good point to the argument, Damon. I'm glad you said <laughs> I just want to. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, I want to read one of these, and I, I did retweet it, but oh god, I I or underestimated how many there were. Yeah, there was a lot. You see, you should be proud of me. I didn't. I didn't entertain him once. I just did. I did retweet him to make him look like an idiot. But it's not on me. He did it himself. It was his words. I just put them <laughs> out there. All right, he said. It's this Formula One fan, um, as pompous as ever, as they usually come, uh, says real cars run on circuits all over the world. And I don't think I did his capitalization there justice. He says the rest are just toys. Uh, Then he does on multiple occasions call Max and Kyle both racist pricks who shouldn't be banned from driving. But regardless... um, Larson, he says, Larson had to deal with everything inside one country in four time zones. I'd like Larson to turn right before he can, right before he can be in the top category and start dealing with more time zones in all caps. Uh, Damon, Kyle Larson's driven in the Rolex 24 before. Do you think that qualifies him for every single time zone? I feel like he's raced at 7 p.m. everywhere in the world. Kyle Larson not only raced in the Rolex 24, but won in that in that race as well. So um, not only has he raced in every time slot, he's won in every time I slot. Just, I just I've never seen someone compare what series is the best or hardest to compete in, uh, and bring up time zones as one of the main factors of deciding which which one's the best to look for. I, I got a kick out of it. Um, never, I've never heard that until today. That being said, I did want to, so do you want driver of the year or do you want season of the year? This is where my argument comes in here. Cause if we're just going to hand it to the guy who wins the F1 championship, which shouldn't be called world championship, there's more diversity in IndyCar than there is in formula one. So get out of here with that. 
world designation. All right. Where was I going? I was going back to the left. I'm getting Couldn't tell you. We'll get it. We'll get it. So Kyle Larson won 33 races, five different disciplines of racing, five different vehicle series, all national touring series that he won. He did, I don't think he won a weekly show that he raced. It. No. I could be wrong. If I am, and I'd, I'd just have to double check. It's 31, 32, whatever. So 97 starts, all these races he won in the same year, a NASCAR title, Chili Bowl Championship, Kings Royal, Knoxville Nationals. I would go out on a big high horse limb right over here at the edge of this tree next to my apartment and say no one else will do that in the history of the sport. No. For as long as no, we there's, no one will. There's a small number of drivers that attempt every one of those races. Right. That's 36, obviously, with NASCAR and then three weekends. But Yeah, I think uh, – and then you know you throw in his late model stuff with the yeah the, he won uh, a late model race in there I believe he won Indiana Midget Week so he you did throw he won uh, he won the uh, PDC as well in the late yep. model the, and then the big uh, he won a Silver Crown race too I think yep yep won a Silver Crown race I mean the the races that he won were magnet were magnified because they're bigger events. No one people, in the people think he was just going and running random dirt races on a Friday or no. Saturday. He was running like the national events. He was usually like yeah. when he was making his late model schedule, he was like, Oh, I, I want to hit that big race in that big race. And that it was like races that, you know, are they somewhat near a cup track? If they are, is it big? Yeah. And that, and then they'd figure out they'd fly it there. Someone else drives the car there. He meets them there. Yep. You know, the Rumleys drive the car, whether it's Paul Silver or whoever it may be. Yeah, he, he ran in all the big races, so it's not like he's running against, you know, Joe Blow from up the street. He's going against the top names in that discipline who do it on an everyday basis. This guy shows up, you know, seven times a year, hops in a late model and is winning the first time out. You know, he hops in a sprint car and, and is winning you know, the first or second time out. I mean, the, there's there's things that he has done in cars that nobody else is even going to try to do. And I think the only close person that would be anywhere in that realm of even trying it is Christopher Bell, and you're not seeing him hop in a late model anytime soon. Yeah, in terms of active drivers looking at it, yeah, absolutely. And I, I thought we'd see more guys try to run the Eldora Million, but looking at uh, what the person ended up being, uh, that was – a sheer oversight on my part so i apologize if i led you guys to think that and there are i can say with good authority there's another name coming but i can't say who it is i don't want to spoil that or do that for them but uh and we'll we'll have that when it happens i got that in good authority too that we'll have uh them on the podcast uh whoever it may be see pronoun neutral there damon they don't know whether it's kaylee bryson or dennis anderson could be either. You're just throwing out names. Well, I needed a guy to Kaylee Bryson. How about I? Uh, we didn't talk about it on Sunday. Taylor Reimer picked up a midget win by disqualification. I know that's not the way you want to do it, but if that appeal goes through, the, she's the first national midget winner that's a female ever. And then 15-year-old Jade Avedigian won on Sunday, I think. Sunday or Saturday. Yeah. So she became – Sunday. Sunday, yeah, but so she technically is the first winner now, could be the second, but great week for a female. Technically, she's the second. Technically, she's currently that's, the second. That's they, what I would say. Already. So, but their wording of it, and I'm sure they wanted to go for bigger headline, right? That's when you're running a series, that's what you should do from a PR standpoint. I don't fault them at all for that. Um, I'm just right. trying to explain what. So they they called it the first winner ever because that is still – under appeal. And then all the comments are just fighting about whether it's first or second. I'm like, why are we arguing the semantics of this when we can't, can't we just like look at this and be like, that's pretty damn cool. It's called a no. record book, Connor. I under, I understand. There's a lot of asterisks everywhere. It seems like all my friends want to put one next to the Lakers last title. It's ridiculous, man. The star Stanley cup run was being questioned last week. I mean, everyone's coming for my teams. 
all I got to say is everyone needs to stop hating on things that I like. Maybe don't leave the door so wide open. Yeah, that's true. I do. I do make it. Don't, don't, Don't leave the door open. We're not trying to air condition the outside, Connor. <laughs> now, that brings me to my next point. Is 2020 Kyle Larson a better season or 2021? There's more wins, less races in 2020, but no NASCAR title. The Nationals didn't happen. He won the one and only, obviously. I don't think he won that big race at Eldora at the end of the year. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he did win the Chili Bowl. That's tough. Won the Chili Bowl, won two nights of the uh, the one and only, like you mentioned. Um, he won – I mean, he did have that, that what, eight-race win streak in there. Yes. He won eight straight times. So, that that's big. But you look back at what he did last year, and he won – in the span that he won from the All-Star race – so when he blew a tire at Pocono while leading, that was the he had won four straight cup races in there. Three points races plus the the all-star race. And in that same time, he also won like four other dirt races on top of it. So he won like 10 straight races before yeah. losing. And had he not cut a tire, he would have won that race too. Yeah, it it was an insane season. I think it needs to be honored properly. And if not, I'm, I'm never going to pay attention to that ESPYs award again. Gave up the ESPYs like three years ago. I gave up the ESPYs in general. I know. I was I was holding on by a thread, and the thread is ever so thin this year. Uh, I gave up the ESPYs a long time ago when they kept giving uh, the, the best driver away to to somebody else when john force just won his 16th title and they didn't give it to him so. yeah that's uh any of the teens like once you're getting the teen once you're getting a 10 honestly eight's like better than anyone we've ever seen right yeah so donnie he, shots he gives it donnie to shots has 10 steve kinzer has 20 scott dixon has six and yeah. then those three nascar guys have seven right like that's that's the bar is like Win an eighth title and you're pretty much immaculated. Well, that's what I'm saying. So you got John Force who wins 16 titles and the longevity, and they didn't give him anything for it. Yeah, that's it sucks, man. It needs to be, you know, you got to look at stuff. I want to do our own awards at the end of the year. We can get get together and do like an average thing or kind of debate who we want to give it to or whatever. I don't think we'll have plaques or anything to send people, but – at least not the first year. <laughs> I could just get them, the, I could we'll send them a picture of themselves with like the, their name written in Sharpie with the award under it. It's just, I was just say we can do, we can even make it look better and just print things. I, I think the Sharpie is part of the allure to it. All right. I, well, I don't too. know if it's not going to be if it's not going to be like a very fancy plaque. I want to throw some dirt on there. Well, don't throw dirt on it because then you won't be able to read it. That's true. All right, well, we'll we'll figure it out when it gets here. Uh, World of Outlaws video game. Uh, so it will be available also on PS4. Um, and at this rate, if I can't find a PS5 by the time this thing comes out, I'm just going to go spend money on a PS4, which would be very unfortunate for me. I would. You would. I feel like I feel like it'll just be become more available like this holiday season. I'll be sitting there on Black Friday looking at a PS5 I could buy. It's like, no, you're an idiot and did this instead. Well, I'm just going to say you can get all the same games and do the same things on a PS4. Can you get games that are PS5 only? I am not seeing a PS5 only game yet. I know, but like, I don't want to buy it and then have like this resurgence of motorsports games. You know, if this is it, if this is the year we have a new uh, Supercross game, there's a F1 game out, there's World of Allies, and then IndyCar's coming out with one next year, college football's coming out with one next year, and then I think NASCAR's probably due for a new one with Monster Games soon. NHRA's coming out with one. That too, yeah, like... I just want to. I want to make sure I can play all those. And if they don't have new games in all those categories in the next 
two to three years, then yeah, like the PS4, PS4 would be a better deal right now. But like, why, why do we I have know. to keep? Why do we have to keep upgrading console systems? Can't we just send patch upgrades out to the money? I know, I get it, but make them available. Yeah. Make more. Now I'm getting pissed Not off. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Talk to Robert Blue soon here. I'll be angrier than I've ever been. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> uh, Dial it back in. Yeah. So there, are, so there are rumors that there is supposed to be something around 40 tracks on the new World of Allies game. Uh, I heard that from a couple of people. Uh, nothing that I've seen printed anywhere or written anywhere. So I don't want to alleviate that um, or any doubts there. Uh, they have announced four racetracks on Twitter so far. Damon, do you, have you seen this? Yes. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you to guess which ones they announced, but so uh, I've already seen them. So right now, uh, what is announced and I'm sorry, the connection's going on. I'm on a hot spot. Second time my internet's gone out in one month. It's insane. All right. They have Volusia. They have Eldora, Williams Grove, and they just added Cedar Lake. So there's four conform- confirmed racetracks. We haven't haven't gotten Knoxville yet. Would have thought that was the big obvious one at the start. Uh, didn't come. I I'm not worried about it. I would just sit here and, and anticipate it. And once it comes, it will be a relief. But and I I don't think they have any. I don't think they have any sort of half a want to release this game without Knoxville. I don't know what the rights are or what, you know, what's going on with it. Probably, probably have to buy it like you did in Tony Stewart's game. Maybe. And they might just be, I hope not. They might just be saving it for uh, nationals because they're racing at Cedar yeah, this weekend. So they are kind of promoting that with that. So, I don't know. I'm 50-50 on it. I think it'll be cool either way. I think the guys that know dirt racing that have gone and played the game said they loved it. So that's like super, super encouraging to me. Uh, I know every Facebook comment on it is going to be like, yep, just bought it. Shit game. Because that's every new game that comes out. And I hate it. I hate that for console people because they used to rule the world. But now iRacing people kind of big dick them. Yeah, exactly. People, people get used to the iRacing stuff and then they expect it to be the same thing on the console. Unfortunately, that's not the way things go. Yeah, it's like, hey, you paid for the gaming system and $60 for this game and that, that's the end of your cost and you have a kick-ass game. And iRacing is like, hey, make sure you don't wreck anyone in practice or we're going to call you a shitty driver for the next 10 years. Yep. You get demoted. Yeah. So obviously one's a simulation, one's a video game. It's kind of dumb to compare them so our bad josh don't get pissed at me on that one you know that's accurate all right <laughs> um i want to talk about that real quick uh before we go um sheldon hodden shield biggest one of his career 24 points out on the lead what do you think damon does the momentum carry to cedar lake um i don't know i think it's uh you, you've got two schools of thought here you've got the fact of what you mentioned as the momentum carry it could very well or is there a little bit of a hangover from it so uh will be interesting to see um i don't know I, i'm gonna say probably runs well but i don't think he comes away with a win that's fair do we think brad sweet gets in the victory lane for the second time this year i'm not gonna say yes because he hasn't really done that yet right i mean he hasn't well yeah that well the question was posed in revealing that well you cut out so i i oh i'm sorry that's on i didn't cut out to me yeah i I couldn't tell what the end of your sentence was i could still hear myself that's good (laughs) go ahead that's a problem go ahead i was say if you if you can't that's a problem I talk, Damon. You're all good. I can hear everything you're saying. I I'm I am talking currently, in fact. Um but I I don't think that 
I don't think he gets one this this weekend. Just been really up and down, and lately he's been down. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I think this would be the breakthrough to get one. Um, he's been, you know, we saw him almost fight in one of his last World Valhalla's races. I, you know, there's just there's a lot going on right now, uh, and we'll kind of uh, see where it goes from here. But I, I would say I could see him getting one. The weather's getting warmer. I think if he's going to go on a run, I think it starts with this weekend. Yeah. Um, it'd be curious to see. I mean, he does he does run well in the summer months, but um, I – I just – I won't bank on it yet. That's fair. All right, before we keep cutting out and stuff, we are going to get you guys to Robert Ballou. Um I did want to say, IndyCar this weekend at Road America, Damon – or I'm sorry, at Mid-Ohio, NASCAR is at Road America. Are you picking Chase Elliott or are you picking Larson for NASCAR? I'm going to go with Larson at Road America and Elliott to finish second. Okay. All right. Specifically second. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going Elliot. I think he's still the best road course racer, but that, I mean, we talked, I ourselves, we I, stopped, I think, talked ourselves think, into talking for the next 10 to 15 minutes and just not Yeah. for no reason is what I'm saying. Like we would have arrived on the same, like we could, it could go either way. Right. So uh, IndyCar though, uh, Mid-Ohio, I got a primer coming up on this. Uh, Joseph Newgarden having a pretty good season. Uh, Will Power has won there. He won there in 2020. Um, it's one of the last races before the Iowa Speedway doubleheader. I'm excited for it. I think it's one of my favorite races of the year. I love the track at Mid-Ohio, and it's uh, Graham Rahal's home track. So I don't know. Are you excited for it? Yeah. It's uh, it's always a good race, and I, I'm like you. I like Mid Ohio's track. They don't get enough love. They probably should get more events. But you've you've seen some of the other series go there and have good races, and IndyCar goes there, and and they put on a good race as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we are about to welcome in Robert Ballou, so uh, stay tuned for the messages or whatever I put in the middle of this, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. What's up, guys? I have a special guest for y'all. Uh, it's not Robert Ballou, unfortunately, but it's definitely the next best thing. Uh, I've got Jake Voss joining the pod. You might remember him from the podcast we thought we lost, uh, but we didn't. We found the audio file after we recorded the podcast the day after we thought we lost that audio file. So I think that was our least listened to episode ever because I had advertised that we had lost it. Well, that's a shame. I know it's I was okay. great on it. So, well, hey, well, our audience is growing again. They're going to get to know you, Jake. Uh, Jake's a good friend of mine, uh, big Iowa State guy, um, huge supporter of Cyclone Fanatic. Uh, if you know Chris, that owns our site, sister site, whatever you want to call it, um, and also works for the uh, Tailgate Society. So glad to have yes, uh, sir. Jake on. And uh, we're going to be talking about college football realignment the entire segment. That's all we're talking about. <laughs> What do, you, do you want to do that now or do you want to do that after? Uh, we can do it whenever. It's up to you. All right. We'll, we'll talk. Uh, I wanted to bring Jake on firstly, uh, and we've talked college sports on here before, but I try to put it at the end uh, just because I think a lot of racing fans like college football. I, I think it's one of the best sports out there, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a sec. Uh, the big news from Thursday is Flow Racing and Mav TV have partnered up. Uh, so everything that Mav TV plus – had been streaming uh is now available on flow racing um i've tested it out works perfectly for me uh that i've i've only had a flow subscription flow and dirt vision uh and just a big win for dirt racing fans it was like the outlier that all the big money lucas oil late model dirt races were on mav tv plus uh and they've now merged it into uh flow racing's programming so i wanted and jake jake's a dirt racing fan so I'm not near the fan that you are and don't follow it. In your That's, much, I, well, yes, I'm a I, nut. I I'm a fan. nut. I'm a diehard. I, 
well, and I can use the excuse like, yeah, I get paid to watch this. So like, let me watch this random race on a Tuesday. Absolutely. So I want, I did want to bring Jake on just as a fan this. So like the deal overall is you're getting like power eye midgets, which are a little lesser than USAC, a little lesser than extreme outlaw midget, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And you're getting the Lucas oil late model dirt series. And if you're not a late model fan, it might not be the most groundbreaking thing, but it's like the last piece of the puzzle that dirt vision owns everything that world racing group owns and flow has basically almost got everything else. Race XR is like now the only outlier. And obviously that one's new too. Um, but I mean, huge that we can like try to start combining all of these. Yeah, I think I think it probably overall is good. That was my first thought. Um, I didn't see it much about it just because I wasn't too online today outside of seeing the college football stuff. But um, you brought it up and, and asked me about this. And so I, I was reading about it uh, after I got home today. And I think overall, it's probably a good thing. Um I specifically was not a subscriber to Mav TV Plus, but on YouTube TV, I have Mav TV, so I consume their content that way. Uh, I, th- I think overall, it makes a lot of sense to kind of bring these things together. I think you should probably have a couple competing competing entities, which we're still going to have as far as content goes. That's always good, uh, but it brings everything together. The one thing I will say, is in reading about this is uh flow right now and basically going forward does not have a monthly subscription and we've talked about this briefly before uh not on a recording or anything but i that's i am not a flow tv subscriber because i would rather oh there's this event that i want to watch i would pay for a month to watch it right and a lot of wrestling fans would be very enticed to do that but I don't want to pay $150 right. for a year at one time for a year just because it's a lot at a time. It's not, I mean, I would probably get I would probably get better use out of it doing it that way. I just haven't done it yet. So that's the one kind of negative thing I would say about this. I know reading some of the I think it, it, this is frequently the frequently asked questions that MavTVplus.com has, and they they talk about that, the monthly subscription. It sounds like flow for current. Uh, Mav TV Plus subscribers is going to implement a temporary monthly subscription thing. Yes, I saw. So I saw the same thing. It sounds like if you had a Mav TV subscription, that it's going to go to flow at like six ninety nine a month. Yes, but but it even that's even a better deal than like flow. Yeah, but it says here that it's going to be a temporary thing. So I assume it'll be a couple months. They implement it and then they say, all right we've got y'all hooked on the new system and how everything's going pay, pay your year and be done with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think it would benefit a lot of people. I don't think like, what would be like your month monthly charge? What would be like the deal breaker? Cause so, I would feel like a monthly subscription to it would like just on business, like thinking like a business person, I guess you would charge more for it. Right. Yeah, so my thinking, uh, I don't even remember which event it was, um, but I I messaged you about it and I was like, hey, is there, do they do any kind of monthly or event pricing or anything? And you're like, no, it's just the straight yearly that they show you. And the yearly, it works out to like 12 something a month, $150 total or whatever it is, something like that. Yeah, I mean, 12, yeah 12 50 a month on a dot. There, there are events that on a Saturday, if I don't have something going on, I'd pay $20 to watch the event. So if you give me like a $20 monthly that I could subscribe to, to basically watch an event and then maybe some others that are they're on since I have it for the month or whatever, I would do that. I would probably do even like a weekend pass. Yeah, absolutely. And not to get too inside baseball, but we've talked about, you know, potentially ever doing that on always race day. And I think if we ever did it, you know, there's, pay-per-view race is uh one tonight um going on that's like 27 dollars for the evening and i just i can't comprehend charging someone 27 dollars to one to watch one race from home uh especially one that's not having me shotgun on the front stretch as entertainment during track work so yeah i mean part of my thinking is though is like if i was gonna go to a race i'm gonna spend 
even like if I was going to drive down to Knoxville for like a Saturday night or whatever, whatever it is, right? Like that's about as close as, as I could get. Not including gonna, gas money. You're going to spend tickets. You're going to buy probably something from the concession stand. Even if you're buying a water and some popcorn, whatever, you know, something. Like you're going to easily spend, you know, 20 bucks or whatever just to go outside of gas or fuel costs to get there, right? That's kind of the way that I look at some of that. Like if I could just buy a weekend pass for an event, it's like, well, I can't go to Ohio or whatever, but if I, if it was at Knoxville, it's going to cost me 20, 30 bucks just to go. So let me tell you that Ohio drive guys, any drive <laughs> over seven hours is the same thing. 14, nine, it feels the same. You're not wrong for, I, I will say like Bristol was worse. Like 14 is just, you keep going and going. And Eldora was just like, man, there is no cell signal out here. Is this track really that in the middle of nowhere? And it was. Yeah, it's a ways over there. I've never made that drive. I've driven down to like Charlotte area before. Well, Charleston, South Carolina, actually. But I've made that drive. That's Eldora was, it was super cool. I want, I honestly want to, if I, when I go there again, it won't be this year. So I guess I'll put that out there officially. We're doing a big week of Iowa racing, Iowa Speed Week. I haven't titled it yet. We got a graphic being made by Jackie and stuff. Um, that's coming up next week. We'll get details on that out, but I'm not going to like kill myself and drive overnight again to Eldora, uh, for the Kings Royal. So I'm going to get together with my friends and watch that on TV. So it should be fun, but I do like my bucket list now is to like sit in the stands at Eldora or sit on the hill and just drink and watch races that night. Um, I don't know if I'll, I don't, I'm not attracted to weekly shows like some big dirt fans are i've seen that argument today and i know i'm going off way on a tangent here uh i do want to just like see like eldora from the fans point of view because the inside it's like a really unique setup it's cool there's like hills going around from the middle of turns one and two all the way around to the middle of probably actually the start of turn three um and that fans can sit on and honestly like if they ever needed to expand you could go on the back stretch and do the same thing so that's a really cool little it's not a bull ring obviously it's a big track but it felt like a bull ring like the biggest bull ring you've ever been in and i thought that aspect of it was pretty sweet yeah i think there's more character than knoxville for sure Yeah, well, that's part of the problem with a lot of Iowa tracks in general, right? Is they're at one point they were probably in the middle of fields, if even if they aren't now. But yeah, I think the there's fun. It, there's two completely different experiences with what you do a lot when you go and you're in the infield and doing coverage and stuff versus yeah, and I I feel like it's almost or outside and yeah, it's almost unfair too because there's not a fan in the stands at a major dirt race that is like i can't get on social media 24 7 to post these videos i want to post that's not an issue that normal fans have and some people do like to get on and talk on social media and that can make track prep delays a lot better so you know there's a lot of difference there and i kind of judge like what the stands look like not so much as how many people are there, but like, what would I think if I was sitting in that spot and I can kind of get visual distances lined up and, you know, figure out that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it is, it's almost unfair because I, I'm experiencing a much different environment than any normal race fan would be. Absolutely. It's a, uh, I, I've watched most of my racing for most of my life from uh, outside the track, I guess I would say not in the infield. Um, Marshalltown's kind of a different thing because the pits and the stand where you stand and stuff for that is still outside of the track because it's so small. But uh, that's most of my experience. So, but I, I have, you know, been in infields before for racing, and it's just a very plus. You're talking about even being in an infield as a fan and doing what you want versus what you're doing is also, you know, almost miles apart. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think of the Marshalltown infield? Well, the Marshalltown infield. So that's part of Marshalltown. Yeah. So I went the first time on uh, the flow racing night in America uh, earlier this summer. And then me and Chris are going up there uh, June 7th. That's Thursday. It's going to be the second day of that Iowa speed week event. I could probably lay out the schedule for y'all. Maybe I'll do it in a bit, but uh, it's, 
So it's five, five different tours, uh, six race days uh, across seven days. Um, and that's the second that one. It's like a lot of fun. Uh, dude, I love it. Um, I did eight, eight and 11 last year with a rain delay uh, in one of them, a rain out. Uh, and that was sweet. It was exhausting, but it's awesome. You know, like all the crown jewel sprint car races, a lot of these races, the big ones are going to four days, four day weekends. And I know that it that's really hard on like the common fan. And that isn't like a positive for them. They think, you know, it should be three. Yep. Uh, with some of the formats, like I think the only like true four day format that actually caters to the first two days is Knoxville, the Knoxville Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, even Eldora's Eldora Million format, I hated it. it. Like we watched that whole day of racing that was rain delayed to Thursday morning. Watch that whole thing, and if the wheel lands on any of the other fifteen spots minus one, uh, then that first day meant nothing. And luckily, the good guys won twice that week. It spun a zero. I actually helped put the wheel together. I don't know if you listened to that episode, Jake. I felt listen to most of them. It was like I'm like the anti invert guy, and I'm like helping this lady put this wheel together because she asked me to, and I can't say no. Sounds about right. I was, I was, I felt so dirty doing that. It's, I could not like, it's like, if people hear about this, like my image is going to be tarnished. Your, my reputation. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. Um, but no, yeah, but your, like your, your question about Marshalltown. Um, so for people that don't know, it's Marshalltown. Uh, it's a town of like 10,000 people. So it's fairly small, but the track itself is like just over a half mile. So it's pretty small, high bank. Uh, dirt track so the infield is used basically only for staging and scaling and the pits are off of turn four basically um so then they have catwalks across like three and four and then kind of um turn four to the front stretch uh, and then there's a little bit of a seating area for the the pit area or whatever and then ga is across the rest of the front stretch so um marshalltown i really enjoy that aspect of it because um i've had several handfuls of people i know or buddies that have run set all kinds of different cars down there and stuff or over there and it's really nice to be able to go help a guy and then go stand on a catwalk and actually be able to see the track and what the car is doing or what other cars are doing or whatever yeah absolutely that's a huge thing they have at marshalltown they have it at boone as well i've been down there um they don't have it at davenport um, I don't think they have it at Burlington, but I love Burlington because it's it is quite literally a bull ring, and you're in the infield of it, and you're just watching the cars go around. And you're like, this is insane. <laughs> I I cannot tell you guys enough. If you ever go to a race at Burlington, just get an infield pass. Like it is, it, that's one of the coolest racetracks in America. And I hope uh, the new owners seem good. I want to talk to them next weekend. I guess that, that'll be the third stop on our Iowa week of racing. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to the Lucas race at Davenport. Um, Saturday's Knoxville. And then Monday, Tuesday is the race XR show at Stewart. So it's going to be fun. There's a bit too many late models in there. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I love Burlington. We're going down there next Friday for the Outlaws race. And that that should be a good time. Yeah, we could fight about late models and all that i'm i'm a big late model fan i grew you up a late love, model guy i didn't know that i thought you were a I, I would probably be a bigger late model guy but i'll it's all mostly probably because i grew up watching like weekly shows at oski and uh marshalltown and stuff so it's hobby stock stock car modified then sport mods or b mods or whatever when those came in yeah that's fair uh, well and then the i feel like a late model show so i feel like the late models like have established their own like sport almost they have so many series to watch and so many different guys running different places and i saw a facebook post today i was gonna question it and i was like i don't have the energy to fight in the comments and i people don't understand like i'm not trying to pick a fight with them most times you can tell when i am like i'm very like very blunt when i do it but i'll, I'll just like say like a counterpoint or, or say like you don't like this or that and so this one guy was saying, like, you don't see that in NASCAR and HRA um, in, in dirt racing and sprint car racing, you know, just 
people show up at the, at the weirdest places and you're just surprised and that's a cool aspect of it and he's like it's a negative that 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 nascar and nhra have guys that just run every week and i'm sitting here with the standpoint like when you just want the best drivers at the race on saturday every week i don't care if it's the same guys or not i'd, I'd actually prefer if it was the same guys so i know who's who and who I like and who's got a good personality and who tends to tear up cars, you know? Yeah. I think there's probably a couple different uh, points of view on that. Right. So for you, if you're like following stuff around and going to a lot of the races or whatever at different tracks, um, or you're watching, you know, every race or whatever on, uh, you know, math or flow, or whatever you're watching it on, I think you're right. Like you would want the same guys, you want the best of the best showing up and and racing every week. But for like, I don't know, like the uh, the Bush Light Night uh, down at Knoxville when I come down and talk to you after that, um, they had a bunch of World of Outlaw guys show up, and that yeah. was just like a weekly race. So that's kind of the fun aspect of like if you're at, I mean that's Knoxville, so it's kind of different, but that is a fun aspect probably for maybe your weekly uh, same track they're there every weekly show some nights it's just locals and then every once in a while you have some of the big dogs or whoever show up right yeah and i try i try telling people that like that's how big the knoxville nationals are it's like indycar um and i want to like the one interview that's someone asked me this last week and i never answered it on the podcast so i guess i'll get to it now but he's like what's one interview that you haven't had that you want um, and I've interviewed Jeff Gordon i've interviewed steve kenzer and uh dan weldon sadly is not with us anymore um Jim Kohler is probably the only like favorite driver I haven't talked to haven't gotten the privilege to talk to yet um but that's not what I'm going to say here J.R. Hildebrand uh that wrecked in the Indy 500 in 2011 the one that Dan Weldon won uh the year he unfortunately passed away so I was a huge Weldon fan um and then J.R. took over his car so I cheered for J.R. Because uh, Weldon was out of a seat and he came back just for the Indy 500, ended up winning it. Uh, and he had actually signed a deal to race the next season. And that's, I've talked about the documentary on here. I'll link it on the podcast tomorrow. Uh, but I want to talk to J.R. Hildebrand about how big the Indy 500 is. Because if you have one Indy 500 win versus zero, like that changes your entire career. And I don't think there's a more clear, uh, clean cut example of that than J.R. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I mean, NASCAR kind of has that uh, with like a Daytona 500. Um, and it, it feels probably... like the luster of NASCARs is like lesser than both the Knoxville Nationals and the Indy 500. And obviously, so the last two years we've had Kyle Larson win and no Nationals held technically. Kyle Larson won that one too. Um, so he's kind of starting his own streak here. We'll see if he continues this summer, fall, August, whatever you call it. Uh, but before that, like David Gravel, one of the top teams in the sport right now. Brad Sweet, three-time defending champion of the World of Outlaws, still in the Casey Kane racing ride. Donnie Schatz, obviously, can't top him at Knoxville. If any of these other guys that are like right on the, right on the cusp win that race, that's a far different look at their career because they're just rolling in dough. Like Sheldon Hottenshield won at Houston's last week. We were there. He's the top sprint car earner in money across America with that win. Obviously, he has had plenty of wins this year and a lot more than just that, but that put him up top by like 80 grand. So it does a lot for your career and in, in your name recognition all that stuff name recognition big time i think yeah the, the indy 500 is you hear it a lot um even just uh, well obviously in the indy 500 broadcasts you hear it a lot but if you watch like in any broadcast in general it's probably more i mean maybe it's not even more just ovals but if they're taught they'll, they'll talk about somebody and even if it's somebody that's only ever won the Indy 500 or two or three races or whatever. It's always, you know, Indy 500 winner, you know, this person, it's a, it's a, one of those things that, yeah, literally elevates your name to just a different level, no matter if that's the most successful you've been. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. And to tie this all back together, the Chili Bowl Nationals are right up there with it. It's the Super Bowl midget racing. Kyle Larson's won the last two. He's my SB's Driver of the Year nominee. You heard the big rant about that in the first part of this episode. Jake, you haven't heard it yet. It's it's great. I look forward to One of these days, F1 is going to have a kick-ass race like they had in the season finale last year, and I'm going to compliment them, and no one's going to listen to it because they're all <laughs> pissed off that I've trashed F1 for four weeks in a row. Yeah, I yell at you sometimes when I'm listening. It's okay. I try I try to be fair with it because they do put on a good show at most races, but it, you have to have the right track, and the circumstances of it happening, like Ferrari just has an engine that blows, and then after the race, they don't come out and say what went wrong, like the fuel line pot. It was just bad circumstance. They just go, yeah, we have no idea. No clue. We, we're yeah, sending the, it in the, to get it figured out. The most you get now is like, if it's the, what I don't even remember the designations on the components, but it's like the turbo, the turbo or the electrical assist, or like they have the component names and they, the, for the first time last GP, I think it was last GP, they showed the chart of, uh, um, I think it was for well, it would have been for uh, Leclerc. Like they they showed the chart of how many units he had used and like what he, um, like what he was over on or whatever. I had never seen that before because I didn't even know the limits of like replacing components or whatever. I just knew there were. I think uh, I saw. I think I saw that on Twitter. But yeah, to your point, I think F one uh, does by far the best job of taking a product and making a production out of it and making it interesting almost no matter what even when you have a race where max or lewis or charles or whoever qualifies on pole there's a a start there's a standing start there's nothing else really interesting that goes on they somehow find a way just in the production and the way that they talk about stuff to make it seem interesting as a, if you want, like, if you get critical about what actually happened during most races, a lot of them are insanely boring. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, obviously if it was an easy thing to tap your head on, you don't have, it's not like, it's not getting fixed in NASCAR. It's not getting fixed in, and I I love IndyCar broadcasts. I think they're leaps and bounds better than NASCAR. And NASCAR's in a weird spot right now with how many complaints there are every week about the broadcast. And it's a different issue with different companies. Mm-hmm. Seemingly, yeah, like again, they just switched over. So we'll see what the new one is for. NBC. Yeah, and we'll see what NBC does. I hated their rain delay switch. Like, I don't care that you ended a live event and went to a different channel, but put a banner on NBC and say that you're doing that and put a banner on USA and say that you're doing that. I was watching Law & Order for 15 minutes, had no clue when the race See, was going to come on, come on or if we were going to get it. And I listened to well, I listened to both uh, Doorbump with Clear, the Spotter podcast, and the Dale Jr. Download, and I think it was the Spotter podcast where they were talking about if you were watching on Peacock, you it was seamless. Like if you would have just turned it on, like you had no idea that there were issues on because everything That's, was on. I was, so I was on watching Peacock. on Peacock and the stream just stopped. And then in the middle of it, it went black screen. I uh, said the stream was over. And then two minutes later said it was back up and then it was law and order. Really? So they were, they were, and I wasn't watching on Peacock, but they said it was like basically all there. Like if you would have just been on maybe the app. And I, and I, I just, but. I stayed on the stream right and it just came on and it was like it's seamless to me i i'm talking like the old people that or the people that aren't good with technology that you know had no idea and how are they you know how are they supposed to find out it's on usa i was not surprised the ratings were so low on usa i only knew because i heard them say it um and i switched over to usa and it was law and order and i was asleep at nine o'clock Right. I and I, I think if you have and then, uh, to your advantage, and it doesn't sound like NASCAR is going to use Peacock this year as much as like they kind of touted, which is like IndyCar uses Peacock all race long. And if there's there's a post race show on Peacock for IndyCar every week, like Kurt Cavan, I think, is the one who like tabbed it. But he just like he's like, yeah, bring me a camera. I'll go interview people. And it's like we need well. we need workers like that, you know. Yeah, you might as well. I don't know. And 
I thought they said something about maybe doing some post race on there. I, but like I said, I wasn't awake at 11. Yeah. And, and I have no, over, so the, it's just early reports at this point, but they said something about the NBC sports app or something. And I'm like, man, you just kicked all of the IMSA and motocross fans and everyone, IndyCar fans off of that app. And you're trying to bring it back for NASCAR. What, what are you doing? So it's obviously not the easiest thing to fix, um, but you're, yeah, F1 does a fantastic job. Maybe it's in the analyst just freaking out at every pass. I think that's part of And Part of it is the beautiful accent, a magnificent accent from all of their people. We just need a British guy over here (laughs) announcing. That's all it needs. All right, real, real quick before we go, USC and UCLA. Uh, are they making a bowl game in four years? Are they making a bowl? Yes. Okay. USC will. I don't know fair, about yeah, UCLA. Fair enough. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, I, it's an interesting thing, right? Um, I it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they lay out scheduling. To be honest with you, or how they lay out. Who who else is there at the? I mean, there's a lot of unanswered questions to be to actually answer what their season's going to look like in 26 um, when they're in the big 10. With, are we, are we just doing hypotheticals? Whatever. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think this is a pretty big step where uh, it's the first or the second domino to fall to like right. three big conferences. In my yeah. Opinion. I hope it's three. I agree. Um, I hope the, I had a joke later. Remind me about my joke. I, uh, <laughs> I hope that like the big 12 at 12 now, the new, the new big 12 or whatever we're doing, I feel like that's fine for now. Uh, but I feel like also like the pressure got upped today for the new commissioner to add more teams again, which we haven't even added the original four teams yet, which well, they, original four, cause it was the original eight, right? Yeah. There's some, I mean, that's a done deal as far no, as. No, no, I know that. Yeah. I, it's just, you know, it hasn't happened yet. And we're already like, we need more teams now. Yeah. I, th- I think it's going to be three big conferences, no matter what, um, what that third one, I mean, you're going to have the big 10, the sec, the big 10 is going to keep trying to poach what they want. They're going to try and draw Notre Dame and somebody else in, I would think at this point, uh, maybe another couple from the PAC 12, uh, and then the SEC is going to go try and figure out how to get Clemson and Florida State or whoever out of the ACC and pull that apart. And then you're going to have a third one. You're going to have the Big 12 and the rest of the players, and that's going to something's going to get formed there, in my opinion. That's your third big 20-team and league I, or 18-team league or whatever. Yeah, and I think if that happens, then you go to the ACC, you go get Duke, you go get North Carolina, you're the basketball conference, and you go get um... – Bill Walton from the Pac-12. Bill Walton, God. You can't take any Pac-12 schools without adding Bill Walton. And you can't be the basketball conference without adding Bill Walton. That's fair. I I love watching Bill Walton broadcasts when Iowa State's not involved or I don't care too much about the game. That's fair. That. So I've, t- I've talked to you about this, I think. Like, announcers, like... They almost get mute on my TV. They They don't actually get muted, but I don't, like... I have my own thoughts going through my head so much so that I don't pay attention to who's announcing the game. And sure. there's very rare voices that I could, you know, talk to you and say like, this is that guy. Like it, I mean, I'm bad with actors and movies. I'm probably the same level as analysts in any sport. And it's terrible. Cause I mean, I'm like, I'm in journalism. I should know these people. They work very hard. And I know the ones that I've met. And I know like the seven famous ones that I think are like funnier, better than the rest. I'm probably pretty similar. I'm not a, I, I, I think the older I've gotten, the more I've for some reason started to be interested in who it is. It's definitely picked up popularity. Yeah. And maybe that is just a social thing because when I like up until a couple of years ago, it was like, yep, I know like these handful of people that are, you know, whether it's sideline reporters or booth people or whatever. Um, and then like even NFL people, it's like, I don't, I don't know half of them, not by name. I know by sound and probably just the sound of their voice. If I think they're, if I enjoy them, but 
yeah, I, I would probably fall in the same boat as you. I would love to see Bill Walton do a Kirk Cousins NFL game. <laughs> in any facet. Well, I, I mean, what does that even look like, though? I mean, he already doesn't talk about the damn game when he's talking about basketball. He would he be forced to talk about, about Kirk Cousins, Jake. Would he, though? I think he could draw a lot of conclusions from Kirk Cousins' game to, like, some story about him smoking weed in the woods. I think he can do that with about anything. You're right. <laughs> that, that would at least bring me levity to it, that it's like, yeah, you got a quarterback that threw 33, 33 touchdowns last year and only seven picks, and you swear on your life that those seven picks cost us seven games. You know the funny thing about Kirk Cousins? I knew a guy that looked like him one time that I went camping with, and it's like, okay, thanks, Bill. <laughs> All right, last this is the last thing I got for you. Hypothetical. Drake goes Drake goes division one football, as does you and I. You and I keeps their coach. Drake hires Nate Shieldhouse from Iowa State. No. Drake and Iowa in the Big Ten title, Iowa State and you and I in the Big Twelve title, twenty twenty six. They do a four team tournament. The winner goes to the playoff. Who wins it all? Ooh. This is like Every, the most everything specific and dumbest hypothetical I've thought of in my life. All right. So 2026, that's not long enough. I love Nate and I want him to stay. That's, I said no, because I want him at Iowa state forever. Yeah, no, I got um, why I got, yeah. I dude. The funny thing is, and I want to get him on like a podcast. If I ever get like an Iowa state centric podcast to do for fanatic, he was like one of my favorite college players, like growing up, like the, I know they finished like five and seven, but when he started five and zero oh and was in Heisman talks, it was like watching Steel Jans before Steel Jans was a thing. Yeah. No, I yeah I remember that was that's kind of the fun of it as I remember him as the guy, and then like yeah that team not actually end up being that good at the end, but I don't think it's I don't think it's long enough for Drake to be really good. So I don't think that they. I mean, despite what we... They're on the lesser we, side of the Big Ten. Yeah. yeah. I For mean, some yeah. reason, the conference was cut in the middle of Iowa. Yeah, split. <laughs> split. See, they've added uh, Colorado and Colorado State, and that's that's how you get to maybe close know, to that. I don't know. You and I sneaky if you gave them the resources of being uh, D1. And that's, that's the thing with these super conferences. You don't even have to answer the hypothetical because it's... Very much. Just, that's the, I could that's I could the, argue Drake with you for three hours. You could, uh, but I think you and I is probably the most interesting one in that scenario, being going from their level where they're really they're good and we've seen them do their thing against Iowa State at at the level that they're at, and then giving them the that next step it would be really interesting. But I don't know. You, you know, I'm gonna be the homer and say Iowa State. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to go too. But it is interesting. Yeah. No. Uh, seriously, like anything. Nothing is out of the question right now. You guys go read up on if you're wondering what I'm talking about. The CUSA literally is just done. There. I mean, they are not going to have a conference next season. And I think, um, or I'm sorry. So they they devolved, and instead of not having a conference, they went. Sam Houston State, top 10 FCS program, they're D1 now. James Madison, D1 now. And it, everything is going to change like that. And as soon as you're D1, uh, FBS specifically, like everything changes from a recruiting standpoint. And you're just maybe better off for sure going FCS to FBS, but you're just at the level of the conference. So what's that going to do to all the conferences? We're going to be asking this question for four years. It's going to be a while, I think, before we see, because I think everything's going to settle out. And then the settle out is actually what we know is settled. It isn't going to happen for a couple of years. And then it's going to take a couple of years probably after things go to what have been. Right. We'll be, we'll be two years into the next round of TV contracts. Then we'll settle for three, right? And the contracts last like eight or so years. And Four Much years the before the next one comes, we're going to have a new a new little reshuffling. So I think it's very interesting. I think uh, this is the first time in my life where 
sometimes I wish I was born like five years before. And now I think it's like, this is like fantastic to be watching college football and covering it uh, at a time where everything's moving around. Cause I can tell my grandkids like, yeah, they used to call it the pack 10. How stupid of a name is that? <laughs> I mean, it's the big 12 with 10 teams at this point. So well, the big 10 has 16 teams. Their and logo it, has yeah. a six in it already. So B one six. Yep. You got anything else? Do you want to give a shout out to Jeff Gordon? He listens every week, I think. Hope so. He can see my hat. No proof to say that he doesn't. That's right. Tell you disprove it. Just say that he does. Yeah. Shout out to Jeff Gordon and Chase Elliott. I'm sure they both listen every week. My favorite drivers. So. For sure. And I take back all the bad things I said about Chase and trying to say I wasn't a Chase Elliott fan. I try to remain unbiased, but a uh, sure. kick-ass win last week and another road course this week. So he's definitely going to win that too. Hope so. <laughs> all right, y'all enjoy the weekend. Hope you enjoyed uh, Jake Voss. Appreciate him for uh, joining us. And uh, this was the Always Race Day podcast presented by the Colorado Group. Make sure to thank them for uh, sponsoring us. Maybe just go there just because. Just walk into the Colorado Group and tell them you love Always Race Day and that's all you came to say. All right. Thanks, guys. Peace.